the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. They're coming for the Pirates next. Are you ready for the Pittsburgh baseball team? That could be coming. I've been wondering how long it was going to take before somebody decided that the name Pirates was offensive. Pirates, of course, are also referred to as the Bucks, as in Buccaneers. And when you think about it, living in Pittsburgh and identifying with a team known as the Pirates should make you feel a little bit guilty. I mean, Pirates were mean. They were rude, dishonest. They didn't bathe very much. But here's the inevitable headline from Friday's Washington Post. And again, I wow, this took so long, I, I don't know. The headline, the Buccaneers embody Tampa's love of pirates. Is that a problem, question mark, unquote. Of course, it's a problem for Jamie L.H. Goodall. Here's what she wrote, quote, While this celebration of piracy seems like innocent fun, we can't have any of that. Uh, anyway, while this celebration of piracy seems like innocent fun and pride in a local culture, there is danger in romanticizing ruthless cutthroats who created a crisis in world trade when they captured and plundered thousands of ships on Atlantic trade routes between the Americas, Africa, and Great Britain. Why? Because it takes these murderous thieves who did terrible things like locking women and children in a burning church and makes them a symbol of freedom and adventure, erasing their wicked deeds from historical memory. These were men and women who willingly participated in murder, torture, and the brutal enslavement of Africans and indigenous peoples. That's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but it's also your Pittsburgh Pirates. So what do you think? Time to change the name. Of course, the Las Vegas Raiders are also uh, pirates, so so they got to go. And the most amazing thing is that it took this long for somebody to be offended by a team named after pirates. It can't just be a nickname anymore. I mean, remember, the Washington Wizards of the NBA used to be known as the Washington Bullets. Can't have that. Bullets. And when the Tampa Bay Rays used to be called the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Remember that? you know, after the fish, but you can't have devil in the name because that would scare the kids. I, don't, I really never did get why they got rid of the devil, but you can't have devil in the name, so they became the Rays. Now, everybody in Pittsburgh should be offended by the Pirates because they stink at baseball really bad, and they're an embarrassment. Well, now if you identify in any way with your local baseball team, you should be very, very ashamed for for reasons other than their pathetic performance on the field. I mean, uh, come on, no more baseball cards for the kids with the picture of that mean pirate on them. And let's take a look at some of the nicknames for the high school teams. A couple that popped into my head real quick. Uh, Canavan Crusaders, got to go. How about the Central Catholic Vikings? If I'm not mistaken, uh, Vikings did a lot of really mean things. I'm not sure that they bathed all that much either. And while we're at it, let's rethink Pittsburgh Steelers. Come on. You think there's nothing wrong with that name? Do we really want to have a team that's associated with an industry that created so much pollution? Steel? The Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, think about it. Get those pictures, the old pictures of Pittsburgh before they cleaned it up, and it looked like nighttime at 3 o'clock in the afternoon because of the pollution. Time to get rid of that name. Who? I mean, come on. Look what they did, the steel mills. Uh, I'm a little busy right now. or Maybe I would get behind a movement to save our city from all this stuff. But I know that somewhere out there right now, there is somebody who has been deeply offended by all of this and is going to take care of it. I hope, anyway. Speaking of offensive names, the Kansas City Chiefs lost in the Super Bowl last night. And when we come back, I'm going to talk to a Pittsburgh guy who's been covering sports out there for almost 40 years to find out how the city is dealing with it, you know, the postmortem and all that. We might actually talk some football. There won't be any more to talk about the football I'm talking about now for at least six more months. Stick around.
In our fast-paced world, it's tough to make reading a priority, at least it used to be. At thinker.org, that's T-H-I-N-K-R, no E, thinker.org, they summarize the key ideas from new and noteworthy nonfiction, giving you access to an entire library of great books in bite-sized form. Listen to hundreds of titles in a matter of minutes, from old classics like Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People to recent bestsellers like Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. It was my son who brought my attention to Thinker.org, and it really is extraordinary. I like to read whole books, but I can't read every one, so this is a big help in my life. If you want to challenge your preconceptions, expand your horizons, and become a better thinker, go to Thinker.org. That's T-H-I-N-K-R, no E again, T-H-I-N-K-R.org to start a free trial today, Thinker, T-H-I-N-K-R.org. If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. The reviews are amazing as this is one product that actually works. With water, it breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. It can be used in a carpet cleaning machine and it's green, so it's safe for your family and pets. Genesis 950 is made in America. If you are tired of pet cleaners that don't work, it's time to buy Genesis 950. One gallon of industrial strength Genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's great for bathrooms, kitchens, floors, upholstery, and grease stains. Consider Genesis 950 before purchasing new carpets. Genesis 950 has great customer service. Order one gallon direct at Genesis950.com to receive a free spray bottle, free shipping, and a $10 coupon using code PETS. Genesis950.com. That's Genesis950.com. Discount only available at Genesis950.com. Genesis 950. Much cheaper than replacing your carpets. Some home repairs just can't wait for spring, especially a leaky roof or drafty old windows. Well, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, windows, gutters, and downspouts, siding, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew, so don't put it off. Right now, Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Get new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office. Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial, aluminum, wood, and composite. And to show their appreciation to stag fans everywhere, you'll also get 10% off your total project when you mention this show. Get 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and 10% off. Backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Over 10 years ago, we realized how important saving family memories was, and we wanted to help. Legacy Box started from that passion and has now helped over 850,000 families digitally preserve their film reels, VHS tapes, and photos. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Adam. What started with the two of us in a garage is now over 200 trained professionals. Legacy Box is a safe and secure way to put all your favorite family memories on an easy-to-view digital format like a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud. We ship you a sturdy Legacy Box to fill with all your outdated media, safety barcodes to track your items throughout the process, and a prepaid mailing label. Legacy Box has been featured by Good Morning America and the Today Show. Not bad for two kids in a garage. That's true, Nick. And here's the best part. We always wanted to make it affordable to preserve your entire collection. So we're offering 40% off. Go to LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to take advantage of this exclusive offer. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to save 40%. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The Answer. Well, you may have heard the news about Tom Brady winning his uh, seventh Super Bowl last night. It was in all the papers and everything. Uh, we don't talk about sports all that much around here, but uh, we seem to do we seem to do it a lot when it involves Kansas City. Uh, that's because Pittsburgh guy Frank Bull, uh, known as Pudgy in his days as a Central Catholic running back, has been a sportscaster out there since the Eisenhower administration. I think he joins us now. Pudgy, thanks for being here, man. Hello? Toxically masculine. Stag, you there? Oops. Yeah, I, I had I didn't catch you. We had a little issue there. What did you say? Yeah, no, no. I said it, it's always great to be on your show because now I know I am toxically masculine. So well, I, no I feel really about good about myself. So there we go. There's no question. There's no question about that. 
Um, How are you, my friend? Good. How are you? I'm great. So is there a pall all over the city of Kansas City and uh, and most of Missouri right now, or at least that portion of Missouri? Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. It's uh, Manic Monday around here. Everybody thought, you know, it was a given they'd win. I wasn't so sure going going in because of uh, the offensive line situation with the Chiefs, which manifested itself, you know, losing your two starting tackles during the season and one just recently. And then you lost two other players because they opted out for the season because of COVID. Uh, you know, you're not just playing with backups. You're playing with guys off the scrap heap. And I think it, it, they were doing a masterful job of masking it and that had a lot to do with their quarterback and what he was doing back there. But it finally caught up with them with Tampa. They just uh, they couldn't get anything done. And there's probably a ton of reasons besides the fact that they were uh, they had to mix and match their, their offensive line. Yeah, so so the fans and media expectations, um, did they change at all once it became known that Tom Brady uh, was the guy they're going to have to beat? No, I think they had a little bit more trepidation, but I still think they thought, oh, he's a statue back there. Um, he's old. Uh, he won't be able to get it done. I kept reminding people on the show I go on all the time, okay, hey, I said, he's 43. I said he's thrown more deep passes this season than any other player in the NFL. I said even more than your own Patrick Mahomes, who's known for throwing a deep pass, uh, that, you know, the guy really, he is rejuvenated. He got out from underneath Bill Belichick, and probably he was sick and tired of Belichick, and Belichick might have been sick and tired of him. And if you ever want to argue the point that he's the greatest of all time, just remember the Bucks, one of the worst franchises going for a long period of time, better known as the Yucks in Tampa Bay, uh, he goes there one season and they win the Super Bowl. Now you yeah. tell me. Okay. The trophy follows follows them around. There's no ch- uh, question about that. But you know, I uh, I always I've I've um, I've always thought that this the stuff about his arm uh, being uh, old at 43 was a little bit ridiculous. I mean, um, I'm 72 and. I mean, I, I never had a, a, a you know an NFL quarterback arm, but I had a pretty good arm. And when I was forty-two years old, I, I could still throw the ball as well as I could, you know, when I was twenty-two. And if you're sure. keeping it in shape, it's not they're just it's not that big a deal for me. To, I mean, he could he could still throw that ball, the ball like that when he's fifty. Whether or not he can play quarterback is a different issue, but actually, just the ability to throw a football sixty yards in the air, he that just doesn't shock me that he's still able to do that. Yeah, well, me either, especially with his regimen, what he does. I mean, the way he takes care of himself. And he has all the best people around him. You know, he has masseuses, and he has people who can, uh, you know, stretch him out every day. And he works out every day. You know, and he he watches his diet every day. And he wants to play for another couple years. And he he just doesn't seem to slow down. Now, um this was supposed to be a classic quarterback battle between the young superstar and the all-time great. Uh, but you mentioned that you know he was just he, he didn't he, he just couldn't get anything done last night. But um, there, I saw a stat: he was pressured twenty-nine times last night, and Brady was pressured four times. Uh, Brady was right. pressured only four more times than I was, and um, <laughs> you, you and were so, going to the refrigerator. <laughs> right, but uh, you know, Frank, if he if Tom Brady is playing behind that offensive line last night, there's no way on this earth he wins the game. He'd be, they'd have had to cart him out of there. He'd have been he might have been dead. There's no way he's getting yeah, away I from that. Right, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And the only reason Mahomes didn't get sacked more is because he could do some stuff with his legs. But yeah, Mahomes' biggest problem is the fact he has that turf toe. And mm-hmm. it didn't bother him in the Buffalo game. He said it was okay. I felt pretty good in the Buffalo game. And then all of a sudden, he's been out for two weeks, you know, waiting around for this. Or, yeah, for two weeks, waiting around for this game. And he said it just never got any better. In fact, it got worse. And now they're looking at they're going to do some off-season surgery because a turf toe would normally heal on its own. But his doesn't appear to be that type of turf toe. This is the type that he's going to have to get operated on. And you could see him last night. 
he was now he's being chased all over the lot and using that foot a lot more than he wanted to, but he limped back to the huddle after every play. You can just see him limping on the field. He was not himself last night, and the offensive line was a sieve. And give Tampa Bay credit. Great pressure from all sides. And the biggest thing about Tampa, and I think this is what people fail to realize, they have the best linebacking duo in Kevin White and Levante David of anybody in the National Football League. Those two guys just aren't great against the run, but they can get out and protect against the pass because they're so fast. And that's why mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill never beat them over the top because they could double cover with the umbrella defense. And that's why Travis Kelsey couldn't beat them over the top either. Yeah, and uh, turf toes went under Jack Lambert's career. Yes, um, it did a long was, time ago. Was, I remember that. He was older, but he, he I mean, it looked like ah, he hurt his big toe, and then he was done. Right. You you think that's okay. Turf toe, take an aspirin, go on back out and play, you know? Yeah. See me tomorrow. But it, it just, because you can't, it doesn't bend is the problem. It just doesn't bend. And every time you put pressure on it, it sends tremendous pain into your foot. So and there's not a whole lot of ways they can deaden it because if they deaden your toe, you're going to lose your balance. Yeah. Boy, that, I don't want to even think about getting a needle in your big toe. That, that, uh, no. I don't want to. <laughs> Um, So you don't want to uh, come across as a homer uh, by complaining about the officiating uh, when the hometown loses. But, uh, boy, there were some bad calls last night. Um, Just, I mean, really bad. A couple of interference calls that were stupid uh, that that seem to happen for Brady a lot, don't they? Yeah, and I think that happens a lot. You've seen it with the Steelers when Brady played against the Steelers. He just seems to get all the calls. I don't think there's any doubt about the the Rashid, uh, the uh, Rashard Breland with Mike Evans, Don Field. Those two were just both going for the ball. And that ball was uncatchable. It was over his head. They called that one. There was a ticky tack against uh, Tyron Matthew in the end zone. And I'm not a homer. You know me. I don't have pom poms here. But that was sort of a ticky tack foul. Then the craziest thing was the fact that Matthew and Brady get into it, right? Brady says something to Matthew. Matthew comes flying back at him, and then Brady goes back at Matthew. They throw a flag, and they only penalize Matthew. That's normally offsetting penalties, and they just go on with, with their business. And that yeah. just killed him there before half. That set up the uh, the touchdown to put him up 20, uh, 21 to 6, where effectively the game was over at, at that point. But here's the deal with that Cheffers uh, officiating crew. Okay, the Chiefs have been called for 10 or more penalties in five games this year, right? Three of those five games were with this crew that they got called yeah. for that. So and it's just you, it's just one of those things. Yeah, and you you see a guy get called uh, for an offside penalty on a field goal when he had nothing to do with the kick, and he might have been four inches offside. How often is that ever called? That, 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 so they end up with a touchdown instead of a field goal. Right, and, no, that, and that's what killed him when they – yeah. Well, the deal was both of those guys, they called it on Anderson. Okay? He's like a you know, he's like a backup guy, special teams only. But on the other side, McCole Hardman was lined up offside as well, number 17. And, boy, he had a bad day. But he was like as well. You could see they had sort of like – it was almost like, you know, an arc. They were lined up in an arc instead of being straight across the line of scrimmage. And both guys on the ends – if you go back and look at that play, they were both lined up off sides. And of course, Chiefs know about lining up off sides when D Ford did it in the AFC Championship game a few years ago. We're talking to uh, Frank Bull. He's been a sportscaster out in Kansas City since the. Uh, when was your first year out there, Frank? Uh, Is either Washington or Jefferson? I'm not sure which uh, which one it was. <laughs> <laughs> 1981. No, that's not. No, no you're, you're going to. It's going to be an, even forty. I said almost forty. I was right. I thought it was more like thirty-eight yeah. or something. Uh, you yeah, know, keep, work, keep plugging. You'll be. You'll do well out there. Um, <laughs> so uh, now, of course, uh, Brady was named MVP, which I don't think he deserved in any way. Not when the defense gives up nine points. Uh, right. And he's being he's being called now the greatest, not just the best quarterback in NFL history, which is one thing. He's being called in a lot of places the greatest team sports athlete in history. But the Chiefs scored nine points. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that I just think people need to get a grip on themselves. Trent Dilfer could have put up ten points last night, right? (laughs) 
Absolutely. I mean, that's all they needed was 10 you, points. Right. Right. Yeah, I, I know. And that, yeah, you, you're, you're absolutely right. Their defense was phenomenal. Uh, whether it was the guys up front or those linebackers, somebody else could have gotten it. You could have even given it to Gronkowski because Gronkowski had a heck of a oh, game. Yeah. I don't think they were anticipating that from Gronkowski at all. And their, your old boy Antonio Brown got in on the action as yeah. well. So he scored a touchdown. And, uh, and, and your other guy, Le'Veon Bell, on the Chiefs side, just never really got much traction with the Chiefs this year. So I, I think he's, um, he's done as far as Kansas City is concerned. Oh, he'll be gone from out there? Oh, yeah, he'll be gone. I don't think they'll, they'll keep him around. He never really showed them enough to, for them to give him much of a, uh, a role with this offense. Yeah, he's, I think he'll, just, he'll be gone, period. I, I mean, he may show up somewhere, but he's never going to be the guy he was before. Um, no. So, uh, so when I heard this, when I heard the, um, when I keep hearing him being called the greatest player in, in team sports history, which, first of all, you can't, there's no way that you can make that statement about anybody. It's just it's dumb, but but I, I I just did some looking last night and I I I stumbled upon Bill Russell. Okay, now Brady oh, yeah. won his Brady won his seventh Super Bowl last night. It's pretty good. Bill yeah, Russell well, won. <laughs> Bill Bill Russell won, but won eight NBA championships in a row, and he won eleven <laughs> championships in thirteen years, and. Before he did that, he won two national championships in college basketball in which he was involved in a 55-game winning streak. So if you're going to look for – if you're just going to pick the best team, i I, I got to go with Bill Russell. Uh, I'm sorry. I mean, I don't, know if, I don't think you can do it, period, because they you know, trying to compare apples and oranges. But to just make that statement and think that it's not debatable is ridiculous. Dude, do we lose him? Hmm. Ah, uh, Frank, you there? He must have gotten mad because I didn't think uh, Tom Brady was. Uh... Okay, so we we lost Frank. Um, but I'll, so I, I just um, I'll finish that that point uh, about Bill Russell. I mean, I looked that up last night. We're talking about eleven championships in thirteen years, and um, eight in a row. So you, you just can't make that statement. Now, the other thing is, I looked up some other people. I didn't have to look them up. But, uh, Mickey Mantle won uh, either seven or eight World Series. Um, when I say one, you can't, nobody wins by themselves uh, uh, anything like that, including a, a Super Bowl. But um, Yogi Berra had uh, ten World Series rings. Guys like... Um, Maurice Rocket Richard of the Montreal Canadiens won. I think he won eight uh, Stanley Cups. So just looking at the number of Super Bowls won by Tom Brady and to say he's the greatest team uh, sport athlete of all time is just insane to me. It's just it makes no sense. Uh, and, it, and it's a statement that can't be made about anybody. So, uh, I, and I, you know, it was inevitable that this was going to happen after – Brady won. Okay, Frank, you're back. I want to finish up with you. I was just getting, I was just tap dancing to finish out. Um, I got to ask you one. How much time do I have, Gary? Oh, I got 45 seconds, uh, uh, Pudgy. Uh, All right. Real quick, uh, Andy Reid's son. If you can do it in 30 seconds, the accident a few days ago, smashed into a car, five-year-old girl almost yeah. killed. How's she doing, and what's up with him? She is still in a coma. Um, they have raised $350,000 on a GoFundMe so far, but I imagine once this all gets straightened out, uh, we will, uh, you know, I'm sure the chiefs are going to end up, uh, you know, uh, paying off her doctor bills. I know you don't have much time, but it's believed at this point under speculation that he was drinking at the facility, which is a no, no in the NFL. So this could end up being very, very ugly. Frank, thank you very much, as always. I'm sure I'll talk to you again as soon as something happens in Kansas City. Thanks. You bet, buddy, anytime. All right, Frank Bull, we'll be right back.
With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The drive to vaccinate Americans against the coronavirus is gaining speed and newly recorded cases have fallen to their lowest level in three months. But authorities are worrying that Super Bowl celebrations could fuel new outbreaks. More than four million more vaccinations were reported over the weekend, a significantly faster clip than in previous days. Evidence mounting that having COVID-19 may not protect a person from getting infected again with some of the new variants emerging around the world. Myanmar's military government has imposed a curfew and bans on gatherings of more than five people in the country's two biggest cities as protests against its coup show no sign of abating. Stocks pushed to more gains and record highs on Wall Street. The Dow gained 237 points today. The Nasdaq up 131. This is SRN News. If I'm not commuting anymore, where do I really want to live? While you handle life's questions, Merrill Guided Investing helps you manage your portfolio and invest for your next move with the option to work with an advisor at a low cost and minimum. Merrill, a Bank of America company. Visit MerrillEdge.com slash investing goals to get started today. Investing involves risk. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner, and Smith Incorporated, both a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor member of SIPC. Investment products are not FDIC insured or not bank guaranteed and may lose value. What can give you a competitive edge in today's red-hot housing market? Rocket can. That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out. Rocket technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers greater confidence in you. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information, appraisal, and title report. Call for cost information and conditions equal housing matter license in all 50 states and at mustconsumeraccess.org number 3030. AM 1250, The Answer. AM 1250, com. Larry Elder presents The Facts. Lou Dobbs has been canceled from his show on Fox News, undoubtedly because of his belief that the election was stolen. There is a sea change going on at Fox. Fox is facing a $2.7 billion lawsuit. Among those named are Maria Bartiromo and Lou Dobbs on the next Larry Elder Show. The Larry Elder Show. Weeknights at 7 on AM 1250. The answer. Two words, same letters, very different meaning. Reacting and creating. Think about your retirement savings and think about the latest news. Each day, something changes. Heck, on some days, the news changes hourly. Are you constantly reacting to that news? Now is a great time to be creating your financial future. Beth Andrews and the team at NetWorth Advisors have seen the market at its highs, lows, and everywhere in between. They know that in times like these, there's opportunity to be creating the retirement you desire. Beth Andrews and her team are scheduling phone and video calls to discuss ways you can be creating right now. Whether you work with a financial advisor or not, call the team at NetWorth Advisors and schedule your complimentary phone or video consultation. 800-426-1428. Reacting is passive. Creating is active. Which are you? Call 800-426-1428 and start creating your financial future. 800-426-1428. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. These days, physical distance can keep us safe and healthy, but emotional distance can strain relationships, especially if drugs or alcohol are involved. If substance abuse or addiction is creating a barrier between you and your child, you may feel alone and you may not know where to turn. But we're here to help you and your family. Partnership to End Addiction offers free resources, guidance, and support. Just a click away. To end addiction, start with connection. To learn more, reach out to us at drugfree.org. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. It's an accident on Green Tree Road right at the Parkway West. And the Parkway West is heavy outbound. It's jammed up Parkway Center Drive up to just past Green Tree. On the outbound Parkway East, that's a very slow ride from Bates Street to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. East Carson Street is shut down with a fire and a building collapse between 10th and 11th Streets. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. 
Weather. Occasional snow tonight into tomorrow, accumulating 1 to 3 inches. That'll make untreated roads and sidewalks slippery. We'll see a low tonight of 22. Then tomorrow afternoon, we'll have lingering clouds and flurries with a high of 30. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy. Watch for icy spots, low 15. Cloudy and cold Wednesday, high 26. With snow again later Wednesday into Thursday, expect few to several inches of accumulation. With your Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Time for a little perspective. Uh, it's been a tough nine months since COVID showed up, but mostly because of the government's idiotic and hysteric, hysterical response to it. But Jeff Jacoby is a columnist for the Boston Globe. His dad's story might make you look at things a lot differently. And Jeff, thanks for being here to talk about it. Well, it's a pleasure to be with you. I, I could wish it were under happier circumstances. Yeah, I do, too. And, and before we get to the serious stuff, it just occurred to me, uh, since you are in Boston, I have to ask you what people up there are thinking and saying about Tom Brady today, as long as I have Tom you Tom who? On- Tom who? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that guy. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm, I can't help remembering how when the Patriots were in, the, you know, were in various Super Bowls, you couldn't yeah. get away from the coverage of it. I had to uh-huh. remind myself yesterday that there was a Super Bowl going on, and I'm actually not a big sports fan, but even I find it hard to miss. Yeah. But you barely would have known. That's how quiet things were. There was really? you know, one, one respectable story in the front page of the paper today, but nothing like the chaos that, we're, that Boston got used to in years past. Okay, so people, so people aren't either uh, uh, upset and uh, the fact that well, he got another Super Bowl? Some, I would say there are some who will never forgive Tom Brady, and I would say there are others who will never stop loving Tom Brady. And, you know, then there are those like me who have always stood on the sidelines and wonder just why people get so crazy about sports anyway. (laughs) Okay, we're we're talking to Jeff Jacoby, Boston Globe columnist, and the reason I called you was not to talk about Tom Brady, obviously. You wrote about your dad today in in the Globe. Uh, It's an amazing story. First of all, sorry for your loss. He he died a few days ago. how old was he, and why did he, as you wrote, consider every day a bonus? Well, my father was 95 years old when he passed away. He took his last breath on uh, January 27th, which happens to be the annual date that was designated by the United Nations for International Holocaust Remembrance. Wow. My father was a Holocaust survivor. He was a survivor of the concentration camps at Auschwitz and at Mauthausen and Ebensee. When the U.S. Army liberated the camp that he was in at the end in May 1945, uh, he was 19 years old. He was uh, weighed maybe 75 pounds, and at first he was mistaken for a corpse. That's how sick and starved and and, uh, beaten down by slave labor he was. And my father said to me a number of times over the years that as far as he's concerned, every day that God gave him after after the Allies arrived, after the, the, the U.S. troops arrived on May 6, 1945, he considered a bonus. Well, as I say, he was 19 years old then, and he, he lived a, a long and full life, and when he passed away, he was 95 years old. And, you know, I know that, I know that for, for anyone who loves their parents, the, the death of a parent uh, is, a, you know, is a part of the cycle of life and a rite of passage that no one welcomes, but uh, you, you know, but but you can't you can't avoid at least when the world works the way that it's supposed to work. And although my father was never the flashy type, and he never he never became a celebrity, was never famous, never published books, never uh, built a great business empire, he was nevertheless a very good, decent, uh, kind, well thought of man. And what he left behind was a tremendous reputation. And my siblings and I, I'm the oldest of five kids, my siblings and I have just been uh, bowled over by the outpouring from people in, in, in numerous cities and, and multiple countries who had a chance to know our father uh, over the last, well, in some cases, as, as much as 75 years, some people have known him. Uh, and it's a, it, it's a touching thing. You don't want to lose your parent, no matter how old they grow. Um, but when it does happen, you you it, you take comfort from knowing that they leave behind a good name and a good reputation. Yeah, you talk about eulogy points and resume points. Right, right. I borrowed that idea from uh, from David Brooks, the New York Times columnist. He writes that there are two kinds of virtues. There's what he calls the resume virtues, which are the ones, frankly, that most of us spend most of our days thinking and talking and, and worrying about. 
uh, you know, the skills that will get you a job and, and whether you can pass the test and if you're going to get a promotion and, and when you've got the ability to, you know, negotiate for a good raise, the kinds of things that look good on a resume, the kinds of things that help build a career. But then he says there are the eulogy virtues, and those are the ones that most of us really know down deep are the ones that matter most. Um, my father wasn't particularly uh, uh, endowed with the, re- with the resume virtues, uh, but when it came to the eulogy virtues, um, he was just overflowing. He was a kind, and he was honest, and he was faithful, and he was humble, and he was hardworking, and he was dependable. Uh, and he loved his family, and he and he and he you know and he, uh, he you know, s- supported his his wife and kids. And he was a pillar of his community, and he volunteered in his synagogue. Uh, all the kinds of things that people talk about when they eulogize you. And uh, you know, some people go their whole life and they don't think about it until the loved one is gone, and only then do they stop and think about what what the person really meant or what the person really did in this in, in their life. I'm I'm grateful both that I've had the opportunity as a writer for all these years, uh, but also that I had the, you know, the understanding at a much younger age um, that my father was somebody who was worth celebrating, even though he himself, uh, you know, he would never have celebrated himself. And I, you know, I it just so happened that the the, the most recent column that I wrote before my father died. I then I took two weeks off, and my next column won't be in the paper in in the Boston Globe itself until tomorrow. What you read today was a newsletter that I sent out. Mm-hmm. Um, my most recent column was happened to be about my political outlook, my worldview, my you know my 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 politics, and how those were shaped by the experience of growing up as the child of a Holocaust survivor. And on the day that column appeared, uh, just about two weeks ago, my father was taken to the hospital. He was in respiratory distress. Um, he, he tested positive for COVID. Uh, and, you know, about two days later, he took his last breath. My mother was already in the hospital. In fact, she remains in the hospital with COVID, um, which is, you know, a terrible thing for, for, you know, for anybody these days to have two parents right. in the hospital with that disease. But in a way, there was a silver lining. It was a bit of a blessing because it meant that at the very end, she could be with him. And when he took that last breath, my mother was in the bed next to his and her arm was on his. Um, you know, I, I, I got to say, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, everybody envies sometimes those who have fame and fortune and live in big houses and travel all over the world and, you know, hobnob with Tom Brady. Um, but frankly, I wouldn't trade any of that if it meant uh, not having had the chance to be raised by my dad. And I know that I speak about my father the way many, many people speak about theirs. I'm just grateful that I've got the opportunity to do it. Uh, to a large audience and to uh, you know, to try yeah, to express great. what really matters in the world. It's a great story you told. Um, your da- you wrote today in your piece that um, what, what your dad told you about the day the Nazis showed up for him and his family. Could you kind of retell that? It's uh, at, when I read that, I just uh, I think about people speaking of COVID, thinking. I mean, this is a lot of ridiculous thing. Uh, there are a lot of ridiculous things going on, and a lot of people are having a tough time with COVID. But when you hear what it was right. like for it your dad, begin, it changes a little bit. It, right. It doesn't begin to compare with what took place in the Holocaust. Well, my father was from Czechoslovakia, a country that today doesn't even exist. It has since been split into two countries. Uh, so he's from the part that today would be called Slovakia, very close to the Hungarian border. And my father grew up on a, on a farming village. It was a tiny little village. There were only a handful of Jews in his town very, very few. It wasn't, it wasn't a city. It wasn't even a full-fledged town. It was really just a village. And on the day after Passover in 1944, that's when the Nazis showed up. And they, the SS pounded on my, on my father's family's little house, on the window of their, of their house, ordered them to gather up their stuff and be, uh, be ready to leave in 30 minutes. 30 minutes later, the family was put on a cart, taken to the nearest town of any size, where a ghetto was being built. And all the Jews that were herded, you know, rounded up from around that area were herded into that ghetto. My father says it was, it was terrible. It was, uh, it, it, people were, you know, four, five, six families were crammed into an apartment that was meant for one. Uh, but that was just the beginning of what was to come. Six weeks later, the transports began. And my father and his family were on a train that traveled for three days. They were locked in a boxcar. There were no windows. There was no fresh air. There was no food or drink. Uh, there were no bathroom facilities. It wasn't like Amtrak. There was a bucket on the floor, and there was no escape. Um, and for three days, they traveled like this. 
And when the train stopped and the doors opened and the floodlights were, were beaming in and the dogs were barking and there were guards screaming at them in German and they were at Auschwitz, uh, you know, the most notorious of, of the Nazis uh, death camps, the extermination camp at Auschwitz in Poland. And within hours, my father's parents and his, uh, his, his two younger brothers and, his, and two of his sisters had been gassed to death. Within hours, his whole family had been wiped yeah, out. Yeah, you, you described, uh, Jeff, um, the, the guy standing there uh, saying left, right, left, right, telling each person to go left or right, and that uh, right. your dad, I guess it was your dad's, uh, part of your dad's immediate family, if they went to the left and he went to the right, that was the last time he saw them. Exactly. This is what they called, what the Germans called the selection. And my father recalls that it was Josef Mengele, the infamous Dr. Mengele, who was wow. doing the selection on the day that he arrived. And it was exactly as, as simple and as brutal and as, uh, as evil as that. Uh, he, he would size you up in a split second if he thought you had the strength to do, to, you know, they could squeeze some labor out of you, some slave work. Uh, you know, you were motioned to one direction. If they thought you were too old or too young or too weak or too sick, or if you were carrying a baby or helping an elderly person, you know, they would, they would, you know, the, the gesture would be to go in the other direction. And that other direction led to the gas chambers. Uh, my father had no idea at that moment what was happening. It wasn't until some hours later that he learned, presumably from people who were already in the camp before he got there, what all that smoke coming out of the chimneys was. And that was the end of my father's family. His, his, uh, it, without even knowing what was happening, there was no, you know, you know. I think about my own father's last, last, these last weeks and months, and even the last couple of years, as he grew old and declined, and and his family cared for him, and and you know there was medical care and nursing care, and and you know the kids would call, or the grandchildren would call, and contrast that with what the Nazis did to tens of thousands of Jewish families, where they snuffed out the family in an instant. In, in just the camp of Auschwitz, more than a million people were killed between 1940 and 1945. Virtually all of them were Jews, uh, including my father's family. And what, what, what makes the, that statistic even more horrendous is when you reflect that, that that staggering number, Auschwitz is the largest site of mass murder in human history, and yet as big as it was and as fatal and deadly as it was and as bloody as it was, it amounted to only one sixth of the death toll during the Holocaust. Wow. Uh, you know, so you say we we talk about COVID. I mean, they're not yeah. even in the same universe in terms of, no. of of evils. How many of your aunts and uncles were murdered? You, my father had idea? one sister. My father had one sister who left Europe before the war. Other than that, his entire immediate family was wiped out. His mother, his father, uh, his two brothers, and two of two of his three sisters, uh, plus all of his aunts and uncles and cousins. I wrote, you know, one time, and I mentioned in my newsletter today that I once tried to chart a family tree for myself. Mm -hmm. And I got the names from my father, and I tried to write down names and date, you know, dates of birth. But you know how a family tree is supposed to develop? With each new generation, the branches spread out farther and farther and farther, and you see how a family grows over time. In the case of my family, my, my last name was Jacoby. My father's uh, original name was Yakubovich. He shortened it when he became an American citizen. Uh, in the case of my father's family, the tree grows smaller, not wider. Instead of there being branches on the tree, there were stumps on the tree. One after another, every name that I could trace just abruptly cut off in 1943 or 1944 as the Nazis marched in and, and the Jews were murdered. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm endlessly grateful that my father somehow managed to survive. He was young. He was strong. He had whatever spark of life it took to, you know, to manage to hold body and soul together. But I, I always know that at that last minute before the Americans marched in in 1945 and liberated the camp that he was in, uh, he, was, he was probably hours away from death. And it was only, you know, by good fortune, by the grace of God, by coincidence, by whatever you want to call it, uh, that 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 the Americans arrived just when they did and were able to to save his life and so it make you can understand why he would have said that every day since then for him he considered a bonus and something he never stopped being grateful for. What did he think when he heard people throwing the term Nazi around when referring to politicians they don't like? 
I'm not sure that I ever asked my father what he thought of it, but I can tell you what I think of it. My, my thought has always been, don't use the word Nazi unless you're talking about real Nazis, meaning mm-hmm. you know, members of, of Adolf Hitler's National Socialist Workers' Party. Uh, when people use Nazi just to mean a right-winger or to mean uh, you know, somebody whose politics I think are too conservative, uh, that, that's, that's terrible. That's just so, it's so demeaning, and it's so, it cheapens the suffering and the agony of what happened to Hitler's victims. At the same time, even as I say it, you know, I've written a lot, I've studied a lot of history. I understand that as, as vivid as the Holocaust is in my mind and in the mind of anyone who's a child of a survivor, I do understand history moves on and everything in history, even the most horrible things, gradually fade further and further into the past. And, you know, maybe just as today we'll use the term crusaders, or, uh, 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 you know, or, or, or scalping or something like that without really focusing on the specific, you know, bloodiness of what the word originally meant. I do understand that people who never knew better may, may use the word Nazi in that fashion, but there are so many people who do know better. And what makes me, what makes me, uh, what horrifies me and sickens me at the same time uh, are the people who will say, I'm sick and tired of hearing about the Holocaust, or even oh. worse, the ones who will say, oh, come on, you know, isn't that all exaggerated? Or isn't that just Jewish propaganda? You know, these Holocaust deniers who have turned into a massive industry, you know, especially online, that's just shocking. And, and you know, once you forget something as basic as what the Third Reich was able to do in the middle of the 20th century, in, in the middle of the most powerful and advanced country in Europe, if that can be so easily forgotten... Uh, that I don't think there's anything that can't be forgotten, and therefore I don't think there's anything that we're not in danger of having repeated. Hey, um, Jeff, I'm out of time. Uh, I could talk to you for a lot longer. We're not doing this justice, but um, I'm limited to my time. Jeff Jacoby, the Boston Globe, where can people uh, go to find the column you wrote today and find your other stuff? Um, I will, uh, the easiest thing, send me a note, jacoby at globe.com. That's the easiest way to reach me. Um, uh, the, the, what I wrote today is part of a newsletter that goes out by email. I write a regular column for the Boston Globe, which they can find at bostonglobe.com. Um, anyone who wants to, uh, to sign up for the newsletter, just drop me a line, and I'll be only, only too happy to sign them up. Hey, I, I really appreciate you doing this, Jeff. And as I said, I feel bad because uh, there's so much more to the story, and I hope people uh, go check it out at uh, Jacoby. As it, Jeff, get one Jacoby.com. more time. There's also the website. Right. Okay. Hey, Jeff, thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. Great story today. Thanks so much for having me on. Good to talk about my father and to to look back at a little bit of the history. Jeff Jacoby, the Boston Globe, and we'll be right back. Over 10 years ago, we realized how important saving family memories was, and we wanted to help. Legacy Box started from that passion and has now helped over 850,000 families digitally preserve their film reels, VHS tapes, and photos. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Adam. What started with the two of us in a garage is now over 200 trained professionals. Legacy Box is a safe and secure way to put all your favorite family memories on an easy-to-view digital format like a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud. We ship you a sturdy Legacy Box to fill with all your outdated media, safety barcodes to track your items throughout the process, and a prepaid mailing label. Legacy Box has been featured by Good Morning America and The Today Show. Not bad for two kids in a garage. That's true, Nick. And here's the best part. We always wanted to make it affordable to preserve your entire collection. So we're offering 40% off. Go to LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to take advantage of this exclusive offer. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to save 40%. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. Some home repairs just can't wait for spring, especially a leaky roof or drafty old windows. Well, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, windows, gutters, and downspouts siding, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew, so don't put it off. Right now, Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Get new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office. Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial, aluminum, wood, and composite. And to show their appreciation to stag fans everywhere, you'll also get 10% off your total project when you mention this show. Get 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and 10% off. Backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrspittsburgh.com. 
That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. By now, you've heard me talk about my pillow and how it's literally changed my life. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want. They maintain their shape. Made in the USA. For a limited time, Mike is offering his premium my pillows for his lowest price ever. You can get a standard queen premium my pillow for twenty nine ninety eight. Originally sixty nine ninety eight. That's a forty dollar savings. Kings are only five dollars more. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, $29.98 for a standard queen premium, but Mike is extending his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. For some reason, we seem to keep coming back to Canada for COVID stupidity. Here's a, here's a story. Uh, up in the province of Quebec, uh, the, uh, the new law prohibits residents from leaving their homes between 8 and 5 a.m., but there is one, uh, well, there are some exceptions, including one for dog owners. The order states that, quote, a person who must go out so that his dog can, quote, do its business is allowed to do so within one kilometer or a little more than a half mile from their home. So if you have a dog, you're allowed, isn't it nice of the government, to allow you, allow you to walk your dog, okay? Uh, so here's what happened. Uh, a woman decided to uh, go for a walk with her husband. And uh, he put her hus- she put her husband on a leash and thought that maybe the Quebec uh, authorities would have a sense of humor and let her go with that. So she's out walking the dog in the city of Sherbrooke around 9 o'clock Saturday. Uh, this was an hour after the curfew went in effect. And they were both given $1,500 fines for violating the rules. Did you get that? For walking your dog, 3000 bucks. Walking your dog after 8 o'clock. That's Canada. The world is upside down over COVID. And I don't, it just doesn't look like it's ever going to end. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.